Hello, welcome back to Apocalypse Overtime. Thank you guys for tuning in. I know it's been a little while. I explained back in the beginning of December how I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do Apocalypse Overtime throughout December because even though the the building which Purple Radio is in is pretty much unmanned at this point, I was pretty sure that like the locks and stuff on all the doors were probably automated. And since normally December to like the sort of the uh, after like a third of the way through to December to like a third of the way through January is when Durham University's normal winter break period would have been. So I was like, oh, well, you know, even though, you know, cataclysm, apocalypse, all that stuff that is been the focus of the show, I was pretty sure the building would still be locked because of of automated locks and stuff. And it was so wasn't able to get in here. But since now, this is around the time when winter break would have ended at Durham University, now I'm able to get back in here and continue doing shows again. So, what did I do in the meantime throughout December, though? I slept a lot and just kind of hung out. I I did do some stuff, but I mean, it was nice to just sort of relax, which I mean, I, I guess that's most of what I do nowadays anyway, because no classes or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, not having to come out here, even though I like doing the show, it was kind of nice to not really have anywhere that I needed to go, except for to go get food and stuff like that. But I did still have a handful of adventures. I did a field recording, which has been broadcast out previously, and, uh, that was, that was cool, although it was really short. It was only about, like, ten minutes or so, and, uh, in that, I went to a trail that I had been to, like, once or twice before pre-cataclysm and just kind of wandered around it for a little while, and I expected for that field recording to actually be significantly longer than it really was, but the trail was shorter than I thought. Like, when I had been out there previously, there were other paths and stuff in it that seemed to lead off in other directions, and I kind of figured that there would be more to it. So that was my, my goal with that field recording. I just kind of decided to to go wander around, and I figured I would go check out some of the other trails and stuff, but it turns out that there was not as many trails as I thought there was. It was, they pretty much all led to, like, the same points or led you out of the woods, like, way quicker than it initially seemed, so that was, that was a little bit shorter than expected, but since I did that, it, like, I, I did that sort of as a test to see if it would turn out all right, and it did turn out pretty all right, so I have an idea for at least, like, two other times when I can do a similar field recording type thing, maybe. So we'll see if I if I get around to making those or not. A lot of free time on my hands nowadays, though, with, you know, world ending and everything. Speaking of traversing, though, that, that brings up a pretty major point that I wanted to make sure to toss into the show as, like, news of post-cataclysm world. More and more vehicles have been fixed up. Over over the December month and like this first week, two-ish weeks of January, there was a lot of people working on cars and stuff. And so there's still not like highway level travel or anything with vehicles or whatever, but there are more people that have gotten trucks, cars, things like that fixed up. So there's been more traversal in, in that realm and the the other thing though that also still makes it tough is is the whole thing with like how there's just an absurd number of broken cars on on roads and stuff. So even if you do have a vehicle, it's kind of tough to drive it anywhere where that has already not been cleared out and everything. So you know it's it's useful, but it's still sort of in early stages. Another adventure that I went on also during December, like an actual large adventure, not just wandering around the woods like the field recording, went to Gateshead. 
there was another expedition. It was pretty similar to the one in Newcastle, but ended up not being nearly as, like, major, really. So, another thing, kind of like bus to, to Gateshead. And Gateshead is actually closer to Durham than Newcastle by a little bit. And that expedition, after having been to the Eldon Mall in Newcastle, this one was to go to the Metro Center Mall, which is in Gateshead, which is actually, or was, because, I, I mean, it's not really like, like stores and malls and stuff are kind of in an iffy state of existence now. Uh, it was the, the second biggest mall in the United Kingdom, so far as I know. Anyway, went out there, and part of the reason why that trip ended up being relatively short and straightforward was because the Metro Center just apparently doesn't exist anymore. It's another weird thing of the Cataclysm and makes you wonder what exactly the Cataclysm really was, because nobody really knows still. But yeah, Metro Center was just totally gone. It looked very similar to this one time, this one time when I was a kid, I was hanging out with my dad, and we were near, like, a store he had used to work at. I don't remember what store exactly it was, but it was, like, big grocery, like, store, supermarket chain type of thing, Walmart, Kmart, that type of thing. And I don't remember which brand it actually was, but it was a place he used to work, so big supermarket. And it had been torn down at some point between when he had stopped working there and then whatever year it was. I don't remember how old I was. It, I think it was longer ago than I'm thinking. But nonetheless, you had, like, the parking lot and stuff still. But where the building was was pretty much just this, like, slab of concrete that was where the floor would have been. And that's pretty much what the Metro Center looked like. It was just, like, slab of concrete where the actual building would have been and everything. And so that's... I, I mean, I don't really know what else to say other, other than that that's just really strange. So there was just literally, like, no remnants of it. I mean, there was, there was still, like, any signage around that said the Metro Center and everything was still there. So clearly it used to be there, maybe. But, like I said, it was just, it was like it had been torn down or, like, taken away or something like that. In terms of good news from that expedition, though, Turns out that the sleepwalker thing with Newcastle, which if you haven't heard the previous episode where I talked about that, that's the, the pretty much zombies in Newcastle. They, they are not in Gateshead, which is good, and uh, kind of goes to support the theory of that for whatever reason the sleepwalkers are very confined to Newcastle, because Gateshead is very, very close to Newcastle. I mean, it's practically connected. You can, it, it's sort of almost hard to tell where one ends and one starts, to be honest, in some spots, I think. And yeah, though, no sleepwalkers, at least in that area of Gateshead. So they seem to be in Newcastle. That's something to pay attention to more in the future. I know that there's been people trying to figure that one out, but I haven't heard anything really new about that since, since the actual initial discovery back a month or two ago, whenever that was. Then, another thing that I did, I returned to the Arneson Center. That was one of the very first Apocalypse Overtime subjects from back when this show first started. I talked about going to the Arneson Center, and the main focus of that episode had been the fact that there was a bear in there, which was odd for two reasons, because for one, bears, like, supposedly didn't exist in England, and uh, two, well, it's, it's just never particularly good to run into a hang, hangry, hungry and angry bear. And so I went back out there because I wanted to try to, like, find some food and other things like that, you know, the usual post-apocalypse life. And uh, I decided to investigate if the bear was still there. 
it was, but this time I was smarter about it. This time I actually kind of made sure to not like make noise in the Sainsbury. So it did not chase chase me out this time is what I'm getting at. But I I did try to look and and yes, it was still there. It still had its massive pile of snacks in the one corner. But luckily, see one of the nice things about that bear being in the Sainsbury's is that even though the bear itself has eaten a lot of the stuff in there, there there still is like a pretty good number of like things in the actual store itself. And since there's a bear there, I don't think anybody's really been like scavenging in there or anything. So I uh, I managed to find probably the biggest brick of cheese I've ever seen in my entire life because I've also said before the electricity in most places is still on somehow. It's it's kind of odd for I mean I when. When all this first started and stuff, it wasn't that that odd that the electricity was still on because it hadn't been that long. But at this point, you would have expected with probably nobody maintaining electrical, you know, substations or whatever, that electricity would be kind of widespread, not working in places. But for some reason, in a lot of places, electricity is still working. So refrigerators and stuff in the Sainsbury's were fine. So the cheese was fine. Anyway, that's beside the point. Found a massive brick of cheese. I'm kind of surprised that the Arneson Center hasn't really had anybody, like, move into it yet, though, because as time has passed, more people... Originally, it started with, like, the city center and stuff, with people kind of resetting up businesses and things like that. And it's it's expanded outward, so there's more stuff, like, the further you go from the city center. Although, the thing with the bowlers kind of setting up borders of Durham has definitely kind of kept it contained. But for some reason, the Arneson Center is still sort of untouched. I, I guess it could possibly be the bear maybe like that's that's keeping people out of the Arneson Center in total but the bear tends to stay in the actual Sainsbury's so I think it's only a matter of time before people set up shop in in the Arneson Center and stuff again otherwise that's almost it for like actual news things although I think I'm forgetting also to talk about the weather yeah I haven't talked about the weather yet so I almost forgot because it's been like four or five weeks since since the last time I was in here doing an episode of Apocalypse Overtime but the last time that I was in here, back in early December, if I remember right, it was like snowing a bunch. And then I th- I think I might have talked about it in the field recording a little bit, how the snow didn't last, but I should probably mention it in the actual full episode here. But yeah, last time I was here, it had snowed like a pretty significant amount. It was actually pretty cold out and stuff for a little bit. And so the last time I came here to do an episode of Apocalypse Overtime, it was actually a bit challenging to get out here because it was all slippery and all snowy and everything. And, uh, I mean, it looked, like, really pretty and stuff outside, though. Snow always does. It's always, whenever snow falls, it's always nice for the first, like, day or two when everything looks all nice and, and clear and everything. And then, like, you actually have to start going through the snow and, like, walking through it or driving through it or whatever. And it just becomes such a pain. But, luckily, the snow actually melted. And it's been, I mean, it's been cold, but it's not been crazy cold or anything like that it's it's been warm enough to rain and it actually has rained quite a bit sometimes so the weather has has not been that bad although at the same point these broadcasts only probably go so far so most of you guys probably experienced that firsthand anyway but speaking of like locality and stuff like that it it did have me thinking well not like the weather specifically but in general I was thinking a little bit about the U.S. because I haven't really mentioned it at all. And the thing that had me thinking about this was actually when I was looking at my computer and stuff. Obviously, you know, you can't stream music or anything like that anymore because no internet. But with electricity still working and everything, you can still, you know, watch movies or whatever that you still own on a disc or listen to any music you might have on a CD or whatever. 
Anyway, I found on my computer, well, more specifically, on my music hard drive. I have a hard drive that's got a bunch of music on it. I used to use it on 36Q. That was kind of like the whole point of, of the radio show that I had on Purple Radio before Cataclysm, and then now this show and everything. And I was looking through it, and I found a song from Hank Trill. And, I, you know, I, it was one of those things, like, I knew that I had listened to Hank Trill's music before, but it was another one of those weird memory things where I don't actually remember, like, having downloaded a song of his before. But nonetheless, there was a Hank Trill song on there, so I decided to listen to it. And, uh, you know, it had me thinking of just, like, the U.S. and the South and stuff, because, like, Hank Trill is obviously based off of Hank Hill from King of the Hill and stuff, and that show takes place in Texas and the American South, and I've mentioned before that I I used to live in, in the American South before coming over here. And, you know, dang it, like, as much as I've enjoyed England, both pre- and post-cataclysm, it, it is so hard to beat living in the, the southern U.S. In, in a lot of ways. Like, I was just thinking about it, and, like, I don't know, like, thinking about the South, it had me really uh, craving, like, a gas station sandwich, which, I mean, that's probably something I could, well, not so much now, but could have done pre-cataclysm. But it was just, it just had me thinking of, like, the late-night sneak-outs to, of all places, the gas station to get a grilled cheese brisket barbecue sandwich. There was a gas station nearby. I think it was a quick trip that that had those back near where I used to live. And I mean, your stomach wouldn't necessarily like it a few hours after you ate it, but when you ate it, it was really, really good. And alongside that, like, you know, a massive, like, a soda bigger than you can even comprehend. And uh, I know this sounds like an advertisement. It's not, especially because Quick Trip might not even exist anymore, but I like to mention the specific brands and stuff when I talk about stuff. So, anyway, and then, like, just, you know, for it's, it's like, for a gas station, just the amount of stuff, and I think I've, I've talked about it before, I mean, I, I know I talked about it on, like, 36Q, I think, pre-Cataclysm, how, like, you know, it was, a lot of stores over here are, or, or were, because, I mean, like, stuff is still kind of getting set up, but, like, pre-Cataclysm, a lot of stores and stuff, more specific, like, if you want to get, like, paper products, it's like, you'd go to a stationary store. Whereas back in the U.S., you could go to, like, well, the example I've used before is, like, you could go to, to a gas station and buy, like, a, a computer printer. Like, it just, it barely made any sense, but just stores in the U.S., like, no matter what their actual focus was, sold everything. I remember there were office stores that would have, like, a really tiny grocery section that would have, like, candy and soda and stuff. And I just, I, I just could not wrap my, like, my mind around, like, why, why that existed. Like, I'm going into an office store, you know? Like, I would be expecting to buy, well, again, like, paper or, you know, forms and specialty notebooks. I know, that, like, some office stores sell stuff like that. And, like, instead, here's an aisle of Skittles, you know, or something like that. It's just, it's really silly. But anyway, that's, that's beside the point. In general, what I'm getting at is that I was thinking about the U.S. And for as unconcerned as I've been, I am like, I'm, I am just curious about what the state of things is, you know, in the states and all that. The thing is, I, I don't really know of a way to actually contact anywhere else. I've, I've talked before about how, like, at some point, getting to the ocean, which I mean, some people might already have done this, given that it's been a little while, and like, I just haven't seen it firsthand, because not everywhere is in contact with everywhere yet. But as much as places within England are starting to get back in touch with each other, I still haven't heard anything about literally like any other country. 
to some extent, it's it's just tough to figure out like how how to get in contact with other places because within Europe, it's it's not going to be super hard probably to get in touch with you know France, Spain, the Netherlands, all the places in Europe and stuff because it's not like they're that far away. You hop on a boat, you cross the English Channel, right? But like to get in touch with places further away, that's going to be a little bit more challenging because I mean. At some point, there's bound to be, like, info from, from elsewhere in Europe, whether whether it's people from here that go over there or people from there that go over here. And, and like, also, you know, certain broadcast mediums, like, like radio and stuff like this, they reach quite a pretty good distance, actually, like AM radio in particular and stuff. But in terms of North and South America or, like, Australia, stuff like that, I mean, you know, like, Europe to Asia and, like, Africa, too, are all relatively connected. Like, there's water in the way in some places, but I think it's, you know, you can technically drive from, like, Europe to Asia and stuff for the most part. And, like, so that's that obviously helps with, like, communication and stuff. But then in terms of North and South America, Australia, New Zealand, stuff like that, it's like, how how are we going to manage to contact them? You know, I think, if I remember right, I never really was one that got much into, like, ham radio stuff or anything because it seemed interesting, but it was just kind of always kind of, like, complex, especially because pre-cataclysm, depending on where you lived, you needed, like, licenses and stuff to be a ham radio operator and all that type of stuff. But if I remember right, I think that's one of those, like, few mediums that can broadcast, like, all the way across the ocean without a satellite or anything, which I suppose satellites, too. I haven't really thought about them. I mean, they're still probably floating up in up in the up in the space somewhere even though cataclysm happened unless they all get knocked out of the sky because i've also said before that the cataclysm seemed to maybe have some sort of empf at i don't know I haven't heard anything about satellites ham radio though that could be interesting but the thing is you've got to like have people who are equipped to to operate ham radio stuff on either end so that's kind of you know it's like you think about how north and south america obviously existed but people from Europe didn't know about it until they actually, like, sailed over there. And it's almost like that situation again where it's like, huh, like, do they even still exist because nobody's heard from them? So, you know, and of course, you know, that's where, like, most of my family is located and stuff, so it'd be nice to, to you know, figure out how they're doing. Although, and I mean this in a nice way, I think my family, all of my family members are pretty well equipped to take care of themselves in this sort of situation. So I'm not actually that concerned about them that much. I think they're all probably doing fine in whatever scenario the U.S. might be in right now. But, you know, it does it does make you wonder. And then, you know, just thinking about the thing, you know, I should, well, I guess it's harder to look up now, but I should go find, like, an encyclopedia or something. I'm just thinking about, there's always this stuff about who really discovered the Americas first in terms of, like, Europeans discovering their existence. I've always heard rumors that, like, Vikings went went to the, the Americas first. You would think that that would be, like, a pretty... I don't know, I just feel like it's always taught the whole thing about, like, Christopher Columbus or, like, some other explorers and stuff that, that they discovered him. But then, like, if Vikings discovered him before that, you know, you would think that that would be something that would, like, you would think they would, like, change the history books to, to talk about that a little bit. But I don't know about that. I'm not totally sure. Anyway, that's totally unrelated. We're in an apocalypse. There's not really much time to think about Vikings. Although boats are helpful. Definitely, I'm surprised that people have not been working on boats as much. Because, I mean, there's rivers and stuff throughout England. And then, obviously, if you want to get to other countries and stuff, you're going to have to cross some water. So, anyway, though, 
<laughs> big post-apocalyptic Viking ships, you know? I suppose also, though, what I was saying, alongside, like, the Americas and, in other continents, I also am curious what might be going on on, like, you know, small islands and stuff, because there's, there's a lot of countries out there that are actually, or, or not even necessarily countries, but, you know, overseas territories of places and stuff, that are just tiny little blips in the ocean, you know, and the cataclysm, it'd make you wonder, although in some ways, I wonder, like, if you lived on a little island, right, and you just stopped hearing from the, like, I, I just, I guess if you, if you wonder, if, if you live on an island that's got a small population already and everything, like, I wonder how much an apocalypse would actually affect you, you know? Because if you're already in a relatively, like, isolated community, if the internet stops working, you know, you'd probably question it, but if, if, inter- or if not internet, if electricity and all that type of stuff is still working, then y- you might not even really notice that much, and especially if you're on a really small, enclosed island or whatever in this type of situation, like, some stuff that might not work other places might still work for you, because I'm just thinking, like, you know, phone lines and stuff, even though electricity is working, the phones haven't been working over here. But if you were on like a really tiny place with only, you know, a couple villages or whatever, or towns and stuff, then it probably wouldn't be that hard to get like a phone, your your phone system, your local phone system back up and running again. So like communication would be easier and stuff, which is an interesting thought. That'd be interesting to find out more about. And, you know, think of like insulated communities and stuff. I guess you also got to think of like, astronauts you know if i remember right wasn't there a show there was a show i mean i obviously can't look it up these days because no internet and stuff. i feel i i kind of I, you guys get that there's no internet i don't know why i keep adding that context but anyway there was a show that they did one time i think and i don't think i ever watched it but it was a show that my dad had watched and like he told me about it and it was about like the last man on earth but then they they sort of like skirted around that as the episodes went on and started adding more and more people because it was like well, he might be the last man on Earth, but how about this woman? Because she's not, you know, you know, technicality kind of thing. Or then there was, like, supposedly there was also, like, a dude that was in space. Because it's like, oh, he's he's a guy, but he's not on Earth, you know. And and I guess that's just, you know, what would you do in that type of situation? Like, not, not only one of those last people on Earth things, but in any sort of apocalypse or whatever, there's already people on the space station, like, a significant amount of the time, so far as I know, so I mentioned earlier the things was the satellites possibly falling out of the sky. I don't think that happened. I haven't heard anything about that, but, like, hopefully the same thing didn't happen in the International Space Station, but at the same point, if you're stuck in space, how are you going to get back down, you know? Like, did they leave, like, a shuttle attached to the space station or something? Like, I don't know how you would get back. I mean, there's probably still people around with the expertise on, on how to get anybody on the space station back down to Earth, but I don't know if the technology would necessarily be working to, to do that now. So that's, talk about like an insulated, isolated community. Imagine being stuck in space and then just like the Earth goes quiet. So that would kind of suck. Although I think, speaking, you know, I was mentioning the ham radio thing earlier. I think the International Space Station used to do a ham radio thing to Earth. I think back pre-cataclysm, like, pre-even Quentin in England. I think I, I saw a YouTube video about that one time. Anyway, though, I am, like, doing real good on actually coming up with things to talk about for this episode. A lot of, lot of stuff to think about. But uh, that, that is pretty much it for, for all of my, my thoughts so far. I am still, for future episode stuff, I am still planning on trying to get out to 
I think the, the thing, I want to get out to the ocean, want to, like, check on the ocean. I mentioned that, like, a handful of times, you know, how you got to get to to water to visit other places and stuff, because England is an island. You know, I haven't heard anything from Ireland either, so far as I know, which is a little odd, because Ireland's, you know, really close. But anyway, need to get out to the ocean at some point. Still figuring out how to do that. Hopefully, in the near future, we'll manage to do that. But, in terms of stuff that will actually probably happen really soon, I've I've said before that I've been working on getting some other people in here that I've wandered across in, in post-cataclysm world and everything, and I'm hoping either next episode or the episode after that to have a guest on. So, I've got some people, I've got a handful of people who've already agreed that they, they want to be on the show, and I just haven't actually gotten around to, like, timing that out and stuff, but since over December, I had even more time on my hands because I actually couldn't like come in here to do the show. I tried to think about it a little bit more how to like, you know, get get all that like timed out correctly and stuff. And so I'm going to try to hopefully have a guest on the next episode or the episode after that. Maybe both. I know there's at least two people that have specifically agreed to be on the show. And there's a handful of people that I have like interacted with that I think would be interested in being on the show. So we'll have to see, hopefully soon though, and I think all of them will have some very, very interesting things to say. Oh, and also, having that field recorder that, well, like, it's it's specifically, I keep calling it a field recorder, it's specifically a Tascam DR-05, so if you happen to wander across one of those somewhere out in the apocalypse, those are, those are pretty nice little audio recorders. Anyway, I've got one of those too, so even if I can't get people to actually follow me to the studio, then I I can probably maybe still have some segments with some other people, like, you know, go meet them elsewhere or whatever, if I just, like, wander into people or whatever. Hopefully we'll be able to, to like, use that a little bit, too, to, to expand the horizons of the show and expand the voices of the show even further than my own. But anyway, that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode, so thank you guys for watching. Remember to uh, tune in to the next one, and I'm gonna, oh, I also, I almost forgot, I need to investigate the university, I haven't done that yet, but that's another topic that has been on my mind, I'm, I mean, I'm doing this show, you know, in the, in the remnants, effectively, even though the studio is, like, fine, the remnants of a university sponsored or whatever, I don't know if it's actually, you know, it's always, it's always weird with universities with that stuff, because, like, I remember when I was at Vanderbilt back in undergrad, it was, like, Vanderbilt's student communications was technically like a different like entity than the university itself. I don't know. I th- I don't know if Durham has something similar or whatever or had something similar or whatever. But anyway, that's not what I'm trying to get at. You know, here I am in like a university building doing the show that is sort of a follow-up to a show that I used to do when I was actually in grad school, and I have not really investigated at all the university itself, like, I haven't, I, I, people have talked about some stuff, but I haven't, like, actually gone looking to figure out, like, if the university is still in operation in any way or anything, have I been missing classes all this time or something, but, uh, so that's, that's another thing I need to look into, but for real this time, that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode, and I've, as always, got tons of, tons and tons of work to do out here post-cataclysm, so I am gonna go do some of that and I'll be back next week and I'll see you guys then. Have a nice week. Make sure to, you know, keep yourselves fed and everything and uh, don't get bitten by any leg snakes. So have, have a good week.